Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When the red, red robin comes bop, bop, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, love and be happy, what if I be blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten but still I listen for us and us, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Cupid's arrows are flying around today, but it's looking more and more likely that Charlton fans are going to be broken-hearted at the end of the season. Welcome to Charlton Live. Good evening to you and a very good evening uh, live from the Valley. This is Charlton Live. I'm your host, Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley, our home. Is uh, is Terry Smith? How you doing, Tell? Evening, evening, everybody. And, uh, uh, how am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> uh, all right. Probably pleased to get you get to spend your Valentine's evening with me. Well, that's just true. What could be better? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were on the list. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd like to know exactly how far up the list I was. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell you what list yeah. either. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, okay. Uh, right. Uh, on tonight's uh, show, we're going to look back at yesterday's um, goal of straw here at the Valley with Cardiff City. Uh, we're going to hear from from Jose Riga and from Stephen Henderson. We're going to. Uh, hear from you guys, of course. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us at charltonlive. Uh, there's, there's plenty to talk about uh, out of yesterday's game. Obviously, um, the, the, we want to talk about the game itself. Let us know what you made of that. Um, are we doomed now? I've, um, I was telling everyone I, I, I was speaking to you yesterday that I've, I've now written us off. Um, and uh, I, was, I, I bumped into a couple of uh, friends in, in crossbars yesterday, and they were telling me I was looking really sad. I was like, well, yeah, it's because we're relegated. 
Uh, so if I if I'm wrong, let me know. Uh, and uh, we also there was there was plenty obviously going on uh, on and off the pitch yesterday and, and throughout the week. Um, we want to hear what, what you guys made of the the protest situation at the moment. The Pinocchio protest, which I thought was hilarious. Um, let, let me you guys know what you make of it. Um, yesterday there was obviously a horrible horrible situation with um, uh, the mistake with the Graham Moore um, tribute, and obviously it, it was a, a really disappointing situation. And um, you know, that's um, a, a sort of due to that. I think that sort of taken the light off the man himself, and I think more people are talking about this what what happened there than the man himself. So we'd like to try and bring that background to a, a celebration of Graham Moore's life. And uh, obviously, Terry, you, he was one of one of the first players you ever saw. So. Yeah, it was um, my first ever game, uh, November 1967. Um, he was uh, he was on the playing side uh, that uh, that I first fell in love with. Um, he was part of the twelve or, or so that uh, that allowed me to uh, to have an affinity to this basket place of a club. Uh, so uh, uh, yeah, it's I mean Ray Tracy last year and, and now Graham Moore, they're um, they're dwindling regrettably. Yeah, and uh, and. You know, uh, I don't know if you want to do it now, but we'll go into it a bit later on. He yeah. wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, you know, this is going to sound silly. Actually, there, we had players back then. Ray Tracy uh, wasn't actually in the in the first team I watched, but he came a bit later. You know, Irish international. Uh, we had uh, we had a significant team then, uh, and Graham Moore was one of them. And he, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't somebody we picked up from nowhere. This guy played. Uh, uh, obviously, he played for Cardiff, as we found out. But he was uh, played for Chelsea, played for Man United, uh, and was a significant Welsh international as well. So. Um, you know, he was he was a player. A great player. So, yeah, we'd like to hear your memories of, of Graham Moore. Get those into the studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, or if you're on the Charlton Live forum, you can head there. There's a thread on there, and you can uh, share us your memories of Graham Moore. And, and then there's the other subjects we're talking about, so the protests. And, of course, uh, today's Valentine's Day, uh, as I've already mentioned. So um, I, I personally, my, my girlfriend, I met through Charlton. Uh, I don't know about you, Tom. So you, you didn't meet your wife through Charlton, did I you? I didn't, but I have a story about it. Yeah, uh, uh, well, was he yeah. going to save it for later? Later, yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, so we want we want to know if you've ever met a love interest at a Charlton game or taken a date to a Charlton game. Um, are you still with that person? Uh, has your love for Charlton uh, outshone your love for them, and therefore they're <laughs> gone? But Charlton is still here. We'd love to know. Uh, and uh, and also just your love for the club. Why do you still love Charlton? Why, who, after all they've put us through, why do you still love them? Why are you spending your Valentine's evening listening to a, a show about Charlton? That's what we want to know. Uh, so get your answers in studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Uh, or you can tweet us at Charlton Live. Um, no highlights from yesterday's game, unfortunately. I think the, the last twenty minutes, I imagine, would have sounded quite exciting. To it help, was but... frantic, yeah. yeah. I'd, 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 because of the, the what had gone on before, and it was a fairly dour encounter. Let's be honest. I mean, especially the first half. The yeah. second half picked up. We showed some touches. You know, we showed some nice moves in the first half. I thought um, Mackinock played uh, uh, reasonably well yesterday, and uh, bringing people into play, doing exactly what um, you know you expect your centre forward to do. Uh, and uh, generally, I thought we we were better. Well, we were certainly better than Bristol, no question about it. Um, oh, but without really creating, a, do you know what I mean? We didn't really create much. And it, and, and to be fair, um, you, Cardiff had the better chances. Um, the one that cannoned off uh, off the upright uh, springs to mind immediately. Having said that, um, in the second half, I think uh, it, uh, well, even in the first half, Johnny Jackson's header. Um, you know, you would normally expect him to bury yeah, those, and he, be, you know, yeah. you could see what he was trying to do, but he just hit it straight down instead of uh, downwards. Um, but second half picked up. I think they came at us in the first half, put us under uh, a reasonable amount of pressure. Probably should have gone uh, a goal to the good. Um, Easily, I think. I think for me in the first half, <laughs> I was looking at my notes for the the chances I was writing down, and they were 
They, they were having a lot more clear-cut chances. And that was the thing that I found quite interesting from what Jose said. I don't know what he said on your interview, but to me, he said he thought Charlton should have won. But I think, I don't know if he was just getting carried away with that last 20 minutes, because, I mean, Cardiff did have a lot of chances before that. I think that's almost certainly true. Yes, he did say that, by the way. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, and, and I can see why that would be the case. A lot of people would do that. I think um, getting carried away, because you, you tend to remember the end of the games more than you remember the beginning. Yeah, so yeah. I, th- that's normal, I suppose. Uh, and, you know, if you go by the last 20 minutes, we probably should have won it. Uh, in, in reality, chances, yeah. uh, but to be fair, that's still even when we were at our best in that last twenty minutes, it still needed uh, um, Harry Lennon to throw him, throw himself in front of some uh, some last minute uh, shots that, that that were hitting goal bound, and it needed uh, Hendo save to to keep him out as well. So um, we had to ride our luck a little bit. It was better than Bristol, no question about it. It's obviously, still not good enough because we didn't mm. uh, we didn't get three points. Yeah, just the one change from the the game against Bristol. So it looks like I mean I'm, I'm guessing Lookman was was still. Not quite fit enough. Is that why, or do you think it was because I think it's I mean, different. last yeah. week he didn't quite play to what you'd expect from him? I, I and I said it. I'm sure I said it. I'll, I'll, forgive me if I, if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I said when I saw him in the lineup against Bristol last week, I thought that was a mistake because he got beaten up down at Ashton Gate by Bristol, uh, and that would have been in his memory, no question about it, because he's still a young kid. He would have known, and I think they did it to him again uh, last week. So. I was surprised to see him at Bristol last week. I think if he hadn't played at Bristol last week, he would have definitely played yesterday, and I thought he would have uh, would have performed better yesterday. Uh, sadly, I think the, the substitutions dictated uh, whether he got on or not. I think, uh, and you'll hear from my interview, I did ask this question, because I think uh, the game was crying out for Adam Ola to come on. And uh, because they were tiring at the back, I think his pace would have really caused them trouble. Getting really stretched, wasn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I mean, credit to both teams. I think both teams are going for the win. Oh no question, uh, yeah, yeah. Certainly made for that exciting. Oh, the last said <laughs> the last two minutes frantic, and because the previous seventy were a bit dour and a bit uh, a bit uh, very midfield uh, and defensive orientated, um, it was hard to keep up that last twenty. <laughs> yeah, uh, the first real chance of the game it came on re- early on. And it was for us. It was when. Um, it was Matthew Connolly made a complete hash of that yeah. cross. It was nice to see a defensive mistake being made by a different team at the Valley for a change. <laughs> but um, and they came out to Johan and, and um, his shot was blocked. So, you know, I think after that, in the first half, we offered almost nothing for me. I think until, it, the, until <clears throat> the last five ten minutes. Maybe. Yeah, it was a midfield battle, and, and when we're up against that, we we lose that bit of edge creativity uh, or creatively. I think and uh, we um, <clears throat> but yeah, we struggled to create anything in that in that first half. We got we we made some uh, nice inroads down the flanks at times, but without really uh, getting that final telling ball in, or without uh, troubling the keeper really. To be honest, and we've got, we got, you know we've got to be honest with that. Uh, second half was much better, uh, but I think that's <clears throat> possibly because Cardiff opened up as well. Yeah, as um, in terms of clear cut chances in the first half, you look at. Cardiff, they had, um, I mean, Fabio had a shot that went nowhere, but there was Amiobi at the far post, Whittingham's free kick against one, then Joe Rawls hitting the post um, as, as Cardiff sort of started to, to, to me, assert a bit of authority on, on that first half. They grew, <clears throat> they grew into the game quicker than we did, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and that's expect, I suppose, where we are, you expect it, you know, and, and there, with all the transfer embargo and the, the stuff that they've had to put up with, they've still got a half decent side uh, that are pushing for the playoffs. So um, they're, they're a good side and, and some, something we shouldn't forget. Um, and our nerves, I think, will always play a part in it. Yeah, um, the 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 crowd yesterday, I think, it dictated by the by the game. It was, it was quiet before it had been the first half. In that last twenty minutes, it was so it was so lifted up. And I know that there's converse, there's been conversations going around about whether the protests are affecting the crowd or not. But if, if you look at that last twenty minutes when we were really lifted, I thought the crowd were great as well. Absolutely, and and it is a chicken and egg thing, this, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, you'll get the players saying um, that oh, well, we need the crowd to get behind us, 
But in most cases, you know, unless it's a really big game from the off and some, something kick-starts the atmosphere before, you, you know, before the game starts, you do need a spark. You know, fans need, whether you like it or not, it's human nature, especially job fans, I think. <laughs> um, you know, and we've always, but that's always been the case for as long as I've been here. Um, that uh, you need something, you need to feel something to get that spark uh, of the crowd going. Uh, and we didn't really start. I mean, we said it in the commentary before the game started. We really need to start on the front foot to get that whole thing going, to get the crowd up and uh, up and at them and, and build that momentum. Um, but we um, we haven't managed to do that, and certainly didn't yesterday. Yeah. Um, towards the end, we saw the uh, well, we saw we saw a couple of injuries, which, which Jose said obviously dictated the way he wanted to, to make the substitutes. Both Cousins and Jacko going off injured. I mean, obviously, I asked um, I asked Jose if it was if he could tell at this early stage what sort of injuries they're, they're going to be or if they're going to be long term. And he said it's too early to tell. But he, tellingly, he said that's the last thing we need right now. Yeah, t- I think both are muscle. Um, it looked like Jordan's was uh, was a hamstring, which which is tricky. So they are normally minimum two weeks if exactly. it's a minor one. Uh, and with uh, Jacko, maybe it, I mean the way with the area he was pointing to looked groin, which uh, which is a worry as well. So both of those, if they are even if they're tweaks, you would you would think they wouldn't play next Saturday. Mm. Uh, and I asked also whether you know with that in mind, uh, with that possibility in mind, what what's the situation with uh, people coming back? Are we are we closer to seeing Diara or? Uh, Igor possibly, and he still thinks they're two couple of weeks away. So next week's going to be really interesting, yeah, or not, as the case may be. Yaya <laughs> uh, Sano goals uh, made his uh, his debut, and I, I was impressed. I, th- I thought he was all right. I, I think th- he I caused them he-, he caused them problems. Chaos, yeah, yeah, yeah it, absolutely. I was I was chatting in the tunnel yesterday, and I said. Um, it reminded me a bit of Lapois's uh, debut against Rotherham last season, where he went into the box, caused absolute chaos by kicking himself in the face, and then we actually had a, a shot on goal off it. He did. There was a point there. He did look a bit like Bambi on ice uh, in that penalty <laughs> area. Uh, whether that's down to the fact that he hasn't played much recently, I don't know. I mean, he does I mean, look. He looks a handful, and, yeah. and in the same way as players like, and I don't want to put him in the same bracket necessarily, but Crouch, Adebay, or you know, these tall players just look ungainly at some uh, at times. Uh, because um, purely because of their size, um, you hark back to Carl Leverton as well. But um, hopefully, that's uh, that's just his his gait and his and, and his uh, his nature, and yeah. he can actually provide us with. Because uh, I actually did thought he, think he caused them a lot of problems. Yeah, um, the uh, the effort from Simon McKeon seemed to be our, our big chance to win it late on. I think I, I don't know if the clock had just ticked over now; it was just before. But he seemed to. The, the ball had broken to him and he got his shot beyond David Marshall and he cleared off the off the line or near the just, line. Yeah, just in yeah. front of the line. Um, and uh, that that's so, it's so frustrating because th- you think if that goes in, I mean, the picture changes because I mean we're, we're we're six points behind now. If that goes in, makes it four points. At least at least it keeps the status quo as it was before the game. I don't know if he was falling backwards, but it didn't seem to get the cleanest of strikes on it. Um, probably may have snatched it because. Uh, because of the uh, the urgency of the situation as well, he did, didn't seem to catch it as well as if you if you think of the, the the goal he scored up at Rotherham, you know he hit that superbly cleanly. This one he didn't seem to catch it right, and, and it allowed was it um, uh, Manga wasn't it? Uh, who cleared it off the line? I think yeah, uh, sure. Kaylee Manga. I think it was the one who got uh, who got back, and he made another couple of uh, really important blocks just before then. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it just didn't seem to uh, be our day. That's a fact. Uh, Danny Lay says uh, Charlton could have won with our chances, but so could they. Yeah. However, started attacking too late, but it still feels like point drops. And I'd, like I say, I've mentioned, I think that the way the last, the end of the game finished, and similar to the Forest game, where it was quite an even game, but then we ended it really strongly, and you come away thinking, oh, we, we could have won that. When 
over the course of the ninety, I think like say a draw is a fair result. I think yeah, I think that's fair. I think you're right. Um, I think in isolation, uh, if if you take that result uh, separately, you know you're playing. Uh, we're near the bottom. You're playing against Cardiff, who are pushing for promotion. A point actually, on the face of it, you'd think was a, a decent result. But where we are and what we need, it's, it's too, not. It's not, yeah. I remember saying the same thing against Forrest, actually. And I remember saying that similar, again, about Yaya Sonoga, saying if, if we were mid-table and we've just signed Yaya Sonoga on, on, in, on loan to the end of the season, I think I'd quite enjoy watching him falling over and, <laughs> and, and sort of make a fall of himself. Under no but pressure, at, you mean, yeah. But, yeah, but at the same time, causing a bit of chaos and chances. I think if, um, I mean, obviously, it was, uh, if he can continue to cause problems like he did yesterday, but if, if he is frustrating with his the, basically the time he tried to shoot on goal and kicked himself... That that would obviously that could obviously well it's because because it's it's such a size and he's obviously got a um, a a wingspan on his legs that uh, um, he couldn't get the ball couldn't come out to a sufficient distance to get him a decent swing on it Um, but uh, again though that may be down to where we are and the pressure that we're under Mm. that you snatch at stuff like that. Paul Stevens says, not sure what to make of Saturday for 65 minutes. We were average, no quality and no real fight. After 65 minutes, we showed some fight and the crowd got behind them. Why can't we do this from the start? I mean, how, would you put your finger on it? Because a, a I'd love start. to know the answer to that one. <laughs> um, and he's right. You know, we didn't do it from the start. And as I said earlier, we, we, you know, we said on comments that uh, um, we need to start games uh, at a higher tempo. To put, uh, I mean, if you consider what we did... Uh, at Brighton away, you were there at Rotherham, uh, at, at uh, Sheffield Wednesday here. Uh, when we won that game, we started at a higher tempo, and we need to, we really need to start doing that. Mm. I think the problem we've got uh, is that our midfield hasn't got that. I don't know that strength. I think to uh, to combat what, uh, especially the, the higher up the table you go, but even when you consider Bristol as well, we're getting overrun in midfield. And you can't do that, in, especially in early part of the game. You've got to do. It's got to be the opposite way. It doesn't way. allow you to dictate the game. If you, Correct. If you look, if you look to, to two years ago when we were in a similar position, struggling, and 20, 20 games or so from the end of the season, Chris Powell pulled Diego Poyet into that into that side, and he helped us start controlling midfields again. He, he would sit deep. He would pick up the boys, like combative in midfield, but he was happy to spray around passes and let Charlton control the, the game. Um, obviously, we, we've not seen him much at all since he's come back in. Obviously, he came off the bench. That's the first time we've seen him in three or four games yesterday. I thought he looked better when he came off yesterday than he had done in the previous games that I've seen him, but then um, that might be because uh, the team is better slightly than it was the last time he came in. I'd like to see him in there. I, I, you know, We know how good he is. Whether or not he's lost something uh, since he's left us, uh, and sitting around doing nothing, maybe. That's that's the question we don't know because obviously he went to MK Dons for the start start of this season and he just wasn't getting played much. No. And and with all due respect to MK Dons, which they're better than us, so we have to give him some respect. Um, they're you know they're a lower down championship side, and you would have thought that he was good enough. But the fact he wasn't getting into that team and now he's not getting into our team, did did he lose out by going to West Ham and, and, I would, and missing a year's worth of playing? I would hope there's uh, anybody in the club, anybody who knows, anybody who's been here for a few years. We'll be talking to Adamola Lookman right now, and saying, "That's what could happen." Mm. You know, you can you can chase them, you can go where you like, but uh, you don't play for two years and then you come back and try and start playing again. And you've lost it. Yeah. Uh, because uh, although yesterday I've got to admit, yesterday I think he was a better player than than I'd seen him in the first couple of games when he came back, and I hope he can recreate it. And if he can recreate it for us, uh, then he could be a real asset. And but you know, we really need. Players like Dr. I mean, Cashy is probably you can probably forget this season, but yeah. Dr. We're desperate for a, a player, either Dr. or a player of Dr.'s ilk in that midfield because uh, Cousins can't do it on his own. 
the skipper is uh, is is probably playing too many games now. You know, and that that might uh, contribute to the injuries picked up because um, I think he's at the the stage of career now where, you know, running full tilt for ninety minutes in a, in a relegation scrap is uh, is maybe just a, a bridge too far. Yeah, it seems to be getting to the point now. When it, whenever he does come back, he, he never seems to last more than ten games, yeah. unfortunately. And, and you know, like I say, maybe he's being put through too much. Or? Well, he's doing too much workload he, yeah. because he because he's committed to the cause, and you can see it on him. You know, you see him when you, when he's uh, when you're playing or when he's playing. You look at him, and he's trying to cover every blade of grass. Uh, and that should be somebody else's role now. That should be somebody else doing that. He should be telling people what to do uh, and marshalling, rather than being the one that has to do it and back and forwards. And you know, some people say might say that well, that's a luxury you can't afford, and they may well be right at this point. Uh, but it's still a fact that um, you know we shouldn't be relying on somebody uh, of, uh, of of the skipper's age to uh, to have to do that shift. Yeah, Lewis Wheeler says there was very little created from the midfield again. It was pretty evident after Jackson and Cousins went off. Bar and Poyet came on, and then we started to create much more in the last twenty minutes with them two in midfield. Lastly, to add, I thought Simon uh, was fantastic and makes the idiots who sarcastically jeered him look even more uh, idiotic. I mean, uh, the, the first point about, obviously, with Bar and Poyet, I mean, the, the chances were there in, in that last 20 minutes, but that was, for me, it, it started off with the game getting stretched. Agreed. I, I mean, I, I think, I wouldn't say coincidence, I do think um, Bar had something when he comes on. Uh, again, though, he's still, um, still, he's still frustrating. That, because um, that time when he was going in for a challenge and instead decided and to, to just to shield, shield the ball it. and yeah, foul. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we thought, <laughs> we thought the same. <laughs> um, it, so, you know, he can still do some really good stuff and then, he, you know, he'll do something else that you put your head in your hands and think, what? <laughs> um, but uh, Poirier coming on, I, I agree, helped. But I think we missed Cousins uh, and his, uh, his presence in that, in that midfield, even so. And uh, I also think, as I said earlier, I think if uh, if those injuries hadn't a play, if Cousins had still been on the pitch, I don't think Poirier would have come on. I think Lookman would have come on, and I think um, I would like to think we'd uh, we'd have caused them more problems than we actually did, and could have nicked it. Yeah, could have. Um, uh, Alex Stedman says, "Is it bad luck with these injuries, or is it more to do with lack of bodies again, like last year?" I mean, you look at. Um, Lack of bodies being overworked, young players being overworked, and maybe just players who aren't used to playing this this amount of games, and perhaps in less physical leagues, getting beaten up, and it's probably a bit of a shock to the system. I think um, a, a mixture of both, a bit of both, possibly. Um, it's you know, it's it. Yes, we need more strength and depth. I mean, but um, you know, you look at the, uh, the the key players we still have got out, um, and I include Vettikali in that, uh, as well as the R and Kashi. You know, I, 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 am, I do firmly believe, but it is a, it is a, a utopian uh, idea that, uh, that would never have worked anyway. But if we'd have had Diara Kashi, Vettikali, um, Mackinock in that side, uh, Lookman as well coming in maybe off the bench, uh, Bauer at the back, um, I think we'd be at the wrong end, at the other end of the table. Yeah. No question about it. But, and this is the big but here, and I think it's the bit that, uh, you know, that... Uh, um, that hasn't been grasped is you can't expect and you certainly can't expect when they come into this league fresh without any knowledge of it for a <clears throat> an 11 player uh, side to go the whole season without picking up injuries in yes. this league doesn't happen well it doesn't it can happen if they're used to the league if they're used to the pace of the league if they're physically fit if they're physically strong enough to put up with it but if they come from another league where they're not used to it, they don't know the pace of the, of, of the league, they're not used to the physicality of the league, they're going to break down. And we've seen it time and time again. Yeah. 
Uh, VFF says on the Cheltenham Life Forum, he says, I think you're being a bit harsh on Sonogo. I thought he provided a focus off which other players such as Bergdich, Goodmanson and McKeenock could play off. He did actually hold the ball up and play in oh, no, Don't, don't get us wrong. No, I, I agree with that. Mm. that if, I, if I gave a different impression, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I thought um, he, was un- he looked ungainly at times, but he certainly added something and he certainly caused some problems. Mm. Yeah, that, that was pretty much how I felt as well. He did, he did look quite funny to watch, but at the same time, yeah, it may have it coincided with that 20-minute spell towards the end where we were... Uh, looking dangerous. He goes on to say, agree about being overrun in midfield. Let's hope Poyet and Barr can step up with injuries to Cousins and Jackson. I like Jackson, but he needs to play uh, as a midfield free. I agree. Yeah. Uh, let's hear what Jose Riga had to say. He came in to speak to, to Terry in the Chatham Live studio after yesterday's game. This is what he had to say. John by Jose Riga in the studio after the uh, uh, scoreless draw at home to Cardiff. And Jose, uh, how frustrating was this afternoon? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, already last week, for other reason, we had a little frustration about the result because we deserve a draw. But last week, yeah, we didn't do enough, you know. And I want to come back. I don't want to come back to to the last game. But this game, of course, I think we deserve more. Of course, Cardiff create opportunity, but we we had more than them. And certainly, the way we end the game, the last twenty minutes, normally. Uh, we were able to to score even one time, which <laughs> was enough. So um, I'm disappointed. It's about the result, not about what what my players show on the pitch. Uh, how we were able to grow in the game uh, by being um, good in shape, good organization. We had the situation under control, and then we push a lot to 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 take what we are looking for a win. So. We deserve a lot, I know, but for me, independently of the, the, the three points, what pleased me is the attitude, and, and also not only the attitude, but the way we play. Altogether, even when we, we had to replace player, the substitute, that's well. And, of course, uh, the last thing, but maybe the most important, it's also about uh, how the fans, at the end of the day, were pushing the team. And when you give this kind of support... It's not a surprise that we can give a lot on the pitch. I should imagine, I mean, it was a frantic game at times, especially, as you say, in the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, and a but for some important clearances, some bodies on the line from McCardiff. And, and to be fair, we had to do that a couple of times ourselves. Lennon, I thought, uh, was, was particularly good today in that respect. Uh, but um, did the substitutions, did the injuries, uh, rather, to Skipper Johnny Jackson and then Jordan Cousins shape uh, substitutions? Were you hopefully looking to bring more of a cutting edge on, maybe Adam Ola coming on? But of because, of those, uh, because of those injuries, it shaped what you had to do? Of course, of course. I, I repeat that the substitute, all of them did very well. Mm-hmm. And they have to go on the pitch. But normally the strategy was to bring more danger. And we know the capacity of Adam Ola to, to be able to create the danger at the end of the game. But I have to review my plan just because we we, we, we got Jacko and, and Jordan injured. So um, I hope just that, first of all, it will not be too, um, too serious, I mean, about the injuries of Jacko and Jordan because we know how much they are important in the middle. Uh, and for the rest, yeah, as you said, I have to review my plans. But even... even in this kind of situation, I think we, we create enough opportunity to, to be able to win. 
Are you in a slightly difficult position because, as you say, you, you, you were happy with the performance uh, in terms of the attitude and reaction mm-hmm. to, to last Saturday? You know, had it been for a, a slightly, you know, had our luck gone slightly our way, we may have come away with three points. But uh, <coughs> we're still, uh, we gained off the bottom, we come off the bottom, we're still six points adrift. So uh, is it a slightly double-edged sword? No, sure. Uh, you know, we can only master what what, what we want to do. Uh, and sometimes we are not able to get what we deserve, as today, so the win. But the mindset has to be the same each game. And certainly, if we had this kind of behavior and, 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 and will, the last game. Huh? So, now we have something to, to, to follow. We know which direction we, we have. After the result of the, the, the opponent, I repeat, I cannot master this. Uh, so, I'm sure, I'm sure that we don't have many ways to do. And we don't have the choice. We have to give all this. Uh, even without a draw, uh, without the win, I can I can build something on this kind of of, of game, and and we have a lot to to speak about all together and to build on it. So again, it can change very very quick uh, the situation on the ranking. What I know also that because the other team take points, it means also that more teams are involved in the in the relegation, and so. With 15 <laughs> games to play, I mean, you know, not only Charlton and not only the three lads are concerned, and it can be a good thing for us. But anyway, every time, do your job, okay? Most of the time, you will receive what you deserve if you repeat this kind of performance. Not today, just follow the same philosophy. You mentioned <coughs> with Johnny Jackson and, and uh, Cousins coming off, uh, Jordan Cousins. I guess you don't know quite yet how serious those those injuries may or may not be. Um, how close are our other injuries to coming back, and and will that affect whether you have to go back into the loan market? Um, I think that um, they are in the right timing about the, the players, uh, Alou Diara, Bower, and, and even Ahmed Kashi, but not ready, of course, to help the team even the next week or in the next week maybe for Aru it's a question of maybe two weeks three weeks I don't know exactly um, we are looking for a solution for child you know mm-hmm. you know and and the best one so we will use all we can use to do the thing in a way that Charlton will survive in championship well we wish you luck that of course um, frustrating today yeah, uh, but as you say, hopefully we can keep that mindset going for the uh, for, for the coming games. And uh, I see a lot of luck. quality in my team today uh, in terms of of game or move well off of. Yeah, we want it the same. <laughs> you, me, the fans, and the team, and it's also very important because we 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 got a good feeling at the end of the game. Can I just finally mention uh, Morgan Fox, who uh, came under a little bit of a microscope and, and possibly was under pressure today in front of a home crowd that didn't uh, didn't give him the, f- <coughs> the best of reactions after his last game. Uh, thought he dealt with that superbly and, and had a great game today. Sure, sure. I spoke with him, with Ari, and, and, I, and I told him that it's part of the job. But when you can go through this kind of situation, for sure, you can see the future with, with a smile. Thanks for coming in, Jose. Thank uh, you very much. Next week. Cheers. Thank you.
Cousins. Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vinicaine. And there's a goal. Joe have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vinicaine, who buried his chance. And Charlton two one up. Charlton Live. Jose Riga there chatting to uh, to Terry after yesterday's um, draw with Cardiff. Yeah, I guess you, you asked the question towards the end. I guess we, we should have picked up really. Morgan Fox is obviously under a, a lot of pressure after um, a, a difficult performance for him, a, a bad performance from him against yeah. Bristol City, uh, and then obviously the the jeering from from sections of the crowd, which is um, you know, not something I personally like to see, but. You know, a lot of fans felt frustrated and, and took it out specifically on him. Um, so a big day for him yesterday, and after maybe a couple of early scares, I think he sort of got grew into the game and looked a bit more competent. I think it was up against um, Shola Amiobi. Uh, was it Shola or the other one? Oh, I can't remember. One of, it's Sammy one of the, Amiobi. Sammy Amiobi, yeah. that's it, sorry. Whoa, Sammy um, Who uh, was um, a handful, uh, quick, uh, very tall and uh, and difficult to play against. And I thought, um, as you say, apart from a couple of early scares, um, he didn't uh, really get past him once until right at the, near the end when he did manage to get past him. I thought he had a, a, had a good game. I wouldn't say he was our best player by any stretch, but uh, I thought he had a good game. And uh, um, it would have been uh, would have been difficult for him, I expect. Yeah. Um, Sammy Omiobi, prone to comedy red cards, which I'd, I'd almost forgotten that actually happened yesterday. What was, what was he thinking? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's... <laughs> I, I actually said uh, on a commentary before, Anna, because I think, um, did Bergditch get booked for, um, just walking away yeah, and, and nudging, dribb- the ball nudging the ball away, yeah, which was, yeah. which is, and I hate those yellow cards. They're so pointless. Mm. Um, and I thought Amiobi, when, when he got his first card, was a similar thing. You know, I said, well, it's just a waste of time. Why? Why bother? You know, it really doesn't, he didn't waste that much time. It's not that, if, if he'd have kicked it miles into the crowd or really did something, you could understand it, but it was just, it was petty to get mm. booked for it just seemed a bit over the top. But then once he's done that, to then do, and he didn't just do it once, he did it just beforehand as well, to then do it twice is a bit stupid. Yeah, it's ironic really that um, the only time we ever saw the ball go into the back of the net, you got sent off for it. <laughs> it was that's, a cracking finish. Yeah, that's, that's, when you, that's when you know you're down for a nil nil when you're getting sent off for scoring goals. It was a quality finish. <laughs> um, Jose, um, sounds like he's still trying to keep um, the faith, but if we're being honest, six points now, is, is it over? Let's well, I don't think so, but uh, but then I'm a, an eternal optimist. But um, you know, the whole math- until it's mathematically possible and all that, I think there are enough um, enough games left to uh, you know if we we can still go on a run. But things need to change. Things need to happen. If you look at it though, because obviously we're not bottom now; we're second bottom. But there's still so there's still that's two teams you have to overtake rather than just one, isn't it? And Agreed. That's makes. Oh it look, it, it's tough. I mean, it's going to be really tough from now, and we've got to we've got to some we've got to find something from somewhere, whether it be. Uh, another loan signing or injured players coming back but a spark has to happen mm. uh, and you just you know obviously looking at yesterday and Adam Ola Lookman may be that spark who knows uh, uh, in a in a uh, in a side that uh, maybe with Bauer coming back if uh, if Diara can come back in in the next couple of weeks um, it's possible but it's tough um, Jose Rodriguez, do you think he's had a, a, a positive effect? I think you can, you can certainly see a, a change since since Carol Fry left. I think so, but um, it's the sort of effect we should have had um, a couple of months back, or three months, four months, whatever, however long ago it was, rather than now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe we wouldn't be in this position. Yeah, because I asked on I asked on Twitter if uh, if we're now doomed and. Um, uh, John says we could have stayed up if if Jose Rigo got hired after Guy Luz on the players yeah, yeah. aren't up for it and the fans divided can't see 
any way back. And um, yeah, I, was, I said it. I said it on Twitter during the week, and um, just you just look back at that. I mean, you know, who's to say another manager wouldn't have struggled as well? But you look back at the fact that we gave Carol Fry someone who um, a nice bloke, but he's not. He's not a championship manager. We gave him fourteen games. That's a third of the season wasted. It's, wasted. It's it's a mistake. Uh, a mistake that's um, going to uh, hopefully not, but possibly bite us. You know, seriously in the backside and. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I know you should say hindsight's a, a wonderful thing, but uh, I mean there were a few, quite a few of us that, uh, that saw it happening long, long before the fourteen games were up. Yeah, uh, right. Um, we want to hear from you guys. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive. We've got a few topics running tonight. We want to know what you guys made of the protests, the Pinocchio stuff yesterday. Uh, we want to know your memories of, of Graham Moore. Obviously, um, there was a, a really upsetting uh, situation with the big screen yesterday, but that takes um, that sort of took some of the, the shine away from the fact that we were we, we, we were here to to remember Graham Moore's um, playing career at the Valley and obviously played for Cardiff as well. Uh, so we want to know what, what you guys, uh, what, you, what memories you guys have of Graham Moore, and also, of course, it's Valentine's Day today. Um, I was told by Amy that I have to run this this one <laughs> because because um, me and Amy met through football. Obviously, we met through Cholton, so she wants to know if anyone else has uh, has met a love interest through uh, through Cholton. Have you taken to uh, like a date to a uh, to a Cholton game? If you met your wife or your husband at a Cholton game, or who knows? And uh, and why do you still love Cholton after all they they've put you through? Uh, obviously, <laughs> Roland was over here. We haven't even mentioned it this week. Uh, we forgot that Roland's been here this week and broken his two year silence in the South London Press and in uh, on the club website. So we want to know what you guys made of his. Uh, his comments as well. So get those uh, emails in studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Can, can I add an addendum to that question? Go on. <clears throat> uh, if you had the sort of money that uh, Mr. De Chatelet has, mm. would you travel on South Eastern? Because <laughs> I know I wouldn't. I would have got an Uber at least, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that was, uh, yeah, that was a strange one. Especially like... I know there, there was somebody uh, a photo obviously surfaced of him on. I wish I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was imagine quite a few fans yeah, there on that train. I, I've, um, I'm a man who loves to ask questions, and I would have certainly been asking some questions. Let's um, let's uh, draw a line under the game first. We've got a few emails. Few emails. Yep, yeah. uh, we got uh, the first one. We'll do them in, uh, in in the order they came in. Mark White, uh, who actually emailed us yesterday, it says uh, hi everyone. Just to say, I think that uh, the writing is on the wall now. We need more than Houdini to escape this, but it was nice to see a bit of fight in the second half. Sonogo looked lively, we just lacked that cutting edge. I would like to say a huge thank you to Sue. My daughter Jasmine was a mascot yesterday and she had a lovely time, all the best. Uh, PS is, uh, I'll come to the PS in a second, Mark, yeah. but, um, <clears throat> Mark, but, I beg your pardon, but um, <clears throat> as for Jasmine... She came into this very studio yesterday, uh, and because uh, we like the we like to put the mascots to, to make them do a bit of work while they're in it. <laughs> so uh, there was only two of them yesterday, and Jasmine was one. And I asked them if uh, if they would be loud enough because we we show, you know sometimes we have about ten in here, uh, and so they all have to compete to to try and be the loudest. So I asked Jasmine and her fellow mascot if they could be loud enough. You uh, you tell me. Yeah, cover your ears, everyone. <laughs> She was gorgeous, <laughs> and the funny, uh, Mel, you, you've got a, a, a lovely daughter, and Jasmine uh, actually lit up the studio. Um, she, as I played it back to her, she thought it was time to shout again, so she, so she was shouting down the microphone twice. <clears throat> Absolutely brilliant! She was wonderful and uh, and loud. Uh, superbly. Because so, uh, Decebo says that the man on the train looked more like Ken Barlow from Corrie rather than Ronan. I'll, I'll Jackie, take it. I'll take his word for that. Himself. I'll take his word for that. <laughs> so Mark White, uh, your, your daughter's uh, Jasmine's a lovely, a lovely girl, and uh, was superb in here yesterday and loud. Uh, he goes on to say, "P.S. Is there any truth to the rumours about the upper tiers being closed next season if we get relegated?" I'd be surprised. I, I've been, never heard that. If I'm honest, yeah, I, I'd, I'd heard it, but just just on forum rumour rather than from any 
uh, source that you'd expect. Um, obviously, we've been in League One before and never closed. But I mean, there, there are teams that do close. I remember when we played Leeds in League One, they used to close their upper tier of the, of the big stadium. Yeah, yeah, true. It would be a cost-cutting measure, but it would be another absolute PR disaster in the line of um, many PR disasters that have been made here. Uh, Chris Evans emailed us in, and he mentioned something that has escaped me, so um, I'll let you enlighten me in a minute. Uh, so Curbs appears on Football on 5 and talks complete tosh. I haven't watched the Football on 5 thing yet, so I'm going to watch it later, uh, about CFC. Mm. Blames us all for the woes at the club, unlike Chris Powell, who supports us. Uh, wasn't at the game, so I had to work. My son attended, and apart from the last 50 minutes, he told me the same old, same old. We seem to pick up much Jacko went off, great legend, but sadly, he no longer can justify being a starter. There seems to be a lot of love tonight for Snogo on social media. Riga seemed to imply Big Zach and Snogo are the dream team up front. I'd love to have some of what he's been smoking. Uh, today was the final nail in the coffin for me. It's, Ro- it's Roger Johnson, a regular starter in League One, to look forward to, in front of a handful at the Valley next season. Riga, first five games, five points. Fry, six from the first five. Sums it up for me. Riga is useless as the rest of them, according to Chris. Apparently, we should have won today, according to Riga. A comment there of my son commenting, what's he been smoking? <laughs> uh, well, there you go, straight from the junior's mouth. And just for good measure, Tommy Snow was as useless as was Mac today. Uh, we are doomed. Um, wouldn't agree with the useless as Mac bit, but, uh, um, well, you know. Uh, so many people see things different ways. It's quite, yeah. uh, you know, it's all well, that, that's it, it, the, the unwritten truth. The, the thing with the Sonego performance, and like I said, I do think he, he caused problems, but at the same time, if you look at that, that time the ball came into the middle and he went to try and shoot a goal, kicked himself in the face, fell over, the ball rebounded around. I mean, that did look a bit ridiculous, but at the same time, I think the ball ended up rebounding for someone else. So it wasn't the end of the world, but, you know, if, if he gets a clean strike on that, then perhaps we, we score, and, and that, that's a different story. Paul Griffiths also in with us in. Hello, gang. Uh, well, another very strange week in the life of our beloved CFC. Starting with the game yesterday, well, if only we had shown as much urgency for the rest of the games within the last 10 minutes, we might have been okay. For the first 80, we seemed to have no plan at all for attack, and we seemed to spend the first half passing back and back until we got to Stephen Henderson, certainly my man of the match. I felt Reza was not really up for it, and his slow walk off when, when substituted seemed to show a man not in touch with the fact that we had to win yesterday. I was very surprised that Riga chose not to make more changes from the dire performance against Bristol City and equally surprised not to see Lukman introduced at any point. We have one of the brightest prospects in the country and we'll leave him on the bench for the afternoon. Also sad to see no place for Callum Harrett, even in the squad. Is it true he went home once he discovered he was not in? Uh, sad if it's true, the rumour in the North Stand that he did not stay to cheer on his mates again. Only if true, what does this say about the team's morale and togetherness? Sadly, one point from two home games is not enough, and sadly, I can see no escape route for us, especially with the way the other results went yesterday. Um, off the pitch, we'll we'll talk about later. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you you mentioned Paul uh, some off the pitch stuff, and we'll uh, we'll come to that when we do the do the rest. Yeah. I'll come back to that if if that's okay, Paul. Uh, Martin Williamson almost uh, email, uh, also emailed us. Uh, thanks, Martin. Some people are still confident we can stay up. Consider this: we are six points off safety and need to win eight of our last fifteen games to stay up. We have won five from 31 so far, and only one of our last 14. We need to average at least 1.5 points a game to stay up. Even under Riga, we were averaging 1.25, and that included three home games from four. We still have to play seven of the top eight sides, including four back-to-back. While there is still, while there is still a mathematical hope, realistically, we are doomed barring a miracle. So when do we start planning for next season and life in Division 1, and will Jose Riga be there after the summer? And even if he stays on, is he the man the fans want? That's a, that's a question I've asked on the show um, a few times now, and I, don't, and I mean this whether we, whether we stay up or not. So I, I still think if we stay up, I, might, I would personally wonder whether Jose will still be here next year, because 
we know what um what Roland's like with managers and I, I, like I said, I've I've always been given this this uh, this sort of essence of Jose that he's a bit of a rebel and he doesn't necessarily play the youth players when he you know when when he came in last time he played a lot he played mainly Powell's players he only played one or two of the standard players um, and that's why I, I still think that, that him and Roland personally I, I I don't think they get on that's why I've picked up I you know we could be twenty points clear of the top of the championship. And uh, heading for the Premier League, and I still wouldn't be hundred percent, hundred percent confident we'd have the same same uh, managerial setup next season. You just, who knows? You know, it's really one of those. It, it's impossible to predict. I think, regrettably. Uh, more, I, game ones. Uh, Dwayne Sheen. I'm just looking down. Yeah, um, it's <coughs> ish. It's 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 football related. So, uh, but there's also um, a general club thing. So I'll come back to yours, Dwayne, if I may. Um, uh, Tom Wallin, uh I think is, is the next game on Hi guys, Cardiff uh, dominated large parts By the way, thanks Tom Dominated large parts of the game But we had our chances to win Especially Jacko's header and Big Mac near the end The last 20 minutes was fantastic atmosphere Desire, application and hunger But where has that been all season? It was great to see us pushing for a goal But it's all too little too late Too many of these players haven't shown up for too much of the season If we'd have played like that for most of the season I don't think we'd be where we are Thought we looked better when Jacko went off. Understand how much of a leader he is and love him to bits, but his biggest impact these days is off the bench for me. When Cashy and Diara are back, they should arguably both start ahead of him. Cousins was fantastic. Big Mac won almost every header and the back four were good. Fox started the game nervous but grew into it and gave a good performance. There was a real feel in those last 15 minutes that we all, that we all knew just how crucial a goal was and when the final whistle blew, everyone felt resigned to the fact that that may well be it. My head says we're gone, but my heart refused to give up. Going to need at least four or five wins. Not sure whether we'll get them. Anyway, onwards we go. Got to keep believing. Cheers, Tom. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's it. I think as Charlton fans, we're always deep down. We're going to be thinking, well, if we win, if we pick up that win there and and win that. It's it's the hope that gets you. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. Just after yesterday's game, and even though, like I say, the last 20 minutes was quite exciting. Um, I just felt, I just felt that was it. I just, I can't, I can't see us turning it around. And if you, you, know, you look at the Aston Villa situation, and, and two months ago, people saying, "Well, they, if you look at it, well, they've won one game all season, and realistically, they need to win another nine games. Is that going to happen? No, it's not. And you look at us; we've won five games all season, and realistically, we need to win another three or four, probably minimum, to have any hope of staying up. And I think if you look at the just the statistics of what we've done so far this season, it's highly unlikely, especially considering we've got one hell of a difficult run in. Uh, yeah, I hate statistics, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so. I hope that's ruined your Valentine's <laughs> yeah, Day for you. For that, yeah. <laughs> uh, a few left. Paul Williams, uh, evening you lot. Yesterday's game for me was not uh, much of a surprise with the lineup. Up to the 65th minute, we were terrible. No heart, no desire. It all seemed to be more than disjointed. Come the 66th minute, a man by the name of Johnny Jackson came off and a sub came on. It finally sparked heart and desire for the 11 on the pitch. Granted, Barr is not the real answer, but he can run about the pitch and put a shift in. His legs work. And he does not think uh, he is the Mr. I am of Charlton. I think it's a bit unfair, Paul. That same player was the reason what was been forced out of the club. Tony's opinion was, as is mine, he's captain, so he plays. But he can't cut it on the pitch. That was Tony's issue, and I make him right. Uh, in my opinion, Jacko is the main problem. When the playing staff is, uh, it's if it's as if it's clear for all to see, the guy has not got it anymore. Therefore, he cannot and should not lead the team any longer. He is point blank not good enough, and clearly not as respected amongst the squad as people assume. Thanks for the service, but we need to turn a new page. Thanks for the soundboard, as always. That's Paul Williams. Uh, interesting. interesting. Yeah, well, well, he's getting up. He um, he seems to know what what Tony Watt's opinion was of um, was it of Jacko. Um, so I wonder if, if if Paul's in contact with with Tony. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it'd be interesting if if that's. 
if that's true. I mean, we'd, we'd have to... Well, all I can say is uh, uh, Jacko as a skipper was the first one in his ear when uh, Tony Watt went down for no apparent reason after he lost the ball trying to win a free kick uh, when we were losing to Brentford. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think if, uh, if he could have done, he'd have ripped him a new one uh, on the pitch. So whether that's the reason he doesn't like him, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the case. And you know, we mentioned it earlier, actually, Paul. You know about uh, you know, regrettably, if we think too many games in this in this atmosphere of of survival, uh, probably is be a little bit beyond the skipper at the minute. And I'd I'd, I'd probably slightly agree with that. Yeah. The rest of it, not so sure. Yeah. Have we got any more game emails? Uh, yeah, Nicola Nicola Selby's uh, emailed us in. Uh, went to the game yesterday. Hi guys, and thought it was a poor, boring game for seventy five minutes. The only came to life when Sonogo came on and we started to pump balls up to him. Still can't get my head around why the fans keep getting the blame for affecting the players on the pitch. It's not the fans' fault, it's the owners' fault and the poor decisions made over the signings of the players. And it just proves our squad isn't good enough. It's now a big ask to get out of trouble and it's not going to get any easier with the fixture we've got coming up. Can only see us getting relegated now and if we do then I can see us struggling again next season. If Roland carries on wanting it to run it, one of the lowest budgets and if we sign players that aren't up to the battle, that's Nicola. Um, Alex uh, uh, Stedman has, uh, has emailed us quickly about impressions of yesterday. Better, but still doesn't fill me with confidence. Thoughts and I got a very good impact when he came on. Not sure if he was fit, and perhaps that's why he didn't start. Just looked like a side devoid of confidence, and that's to be expected. Will Riga keep us up? Honestly, I don't think so. But we saw how the players reacted to the positive feeling from the stands in the latter stages, and that's got to continue for the rest of the season. Um, the rest, I think, uh, we'll do with the protest. Yeah. I think the rest is, is pretty much okay. protest, uh, protest-based. protest All right, we're going to have a quick 30-second break. When we come back, we want to talk about your memories of, uh, of Graham Moore, who, of course, sadly died um, uh, on Wednesday evening. Uh, we want to talk about what you made of the Roland du Châtelet uh, interview in the South London Press and on the club website. And we want to know, uh, as, is, as is Valentine's Day, if you've ever met a partner uh, through football or if you've uh, taken a date to a Charlton game, if you're still with someone and you met a Charlton gamer. And uh, why do you still love Charlton, even after all they've put us through? We'll be back in 30 seconds. After we listen to Stephen Henderson. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Um, a few routine saves today, so delighted to uh, keep the clean sheet, but obviously very disappointed not to win it in the end. And the manager was just saying the commitment of the players was, was clear today, wasn't it, really? 100%. Yeah, I felt so. It's just we couldn't put the ball on the back of the net, unfortunately. Um, saying that, Cardiff had a few chances themselves, so maybe a fair result in the end. How is the mood the changing? I mean, obviously, I'm not sure the deficit to make up. It's lots to make up, isn't it, really? Now, yeah, it's it's difficult. Obviously, we're aware. Um, we just got to keep going, really. The uh, the lads haven't chucked the towel in by by all means, so we just got to keep going, and hopefully, our luck will turn soon. And with the changes this season probably haven't happened with different managers. You know, have you only helped as players? You just get on with it. You have to, yeah. Um, Jose's come in now, and he's he's brilliant. He's filled us with confidence and. He's a good man and his heart's in the right place, so we just keep listening to him. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll go forward. It's not a nice atmosphere when you're struggling, but there seems to be a noticeable support from the crowd with the way the team rallied at the end today. Did you feel that lift you? Yeah, the fans have been great. Um, obviously, we're aware of the, the shenanigans at times, but they've been great with us, and that's all we ask from them, really. Um, I'd like to thank them for their support again today. Just unfortunately, we couldn't give them uh, that goal near the end. Yeah. So, as players, how, how aware are you? You mentioned you are aware, but how, how difficult is it, things going on in the background? Like yeah, obviously we're aware, because <coughs> we hear it, probably me, me hear it more so, uh, given that I'm, I'm behind, I'm front of it, and 
obviously I'll probably go out to my car now and I'm sure they'll be out there now but they got to do what they got to do so just as long as they support us that's all I ask what do they say that might upset you? Who's that? The fans. They don't say nothing to me. They've been great with me. It's just, it is what it is, really. You just try and take no notice of it. And as I said, they're entitled to do whatever they got to do. We just got to do what we have to When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Stay on the pitch and try and forget about all the stuff outside, really. And Stephen, there are 15 games left now. How many games do you think you need to win? Six. Six. Anyone else? What do you think about his shot? No, he tees up Lookman into the penalty area. And there's number four. Adam Ola Lookman back in the team, back on the pitch and back on the score sheet. Charlton Live. So you're listening to Charlton Live here on a Sunday evening on CharltonLive.co.uk. I think we've uh, heard from Stephen Henderson there. Just uh, important, perhaps, to, to mention that he, he, he mentioned about the, the supporters and you know, the support of the team. And, and he thanked the supporters for their support. He's talking about the support and not the protest. Obviously, he can see a separation between it. Because you've seen quite a lot of fans who, who perhaps don't see a separation between supporting the team and and the protesting. They think if you're protesting against the owner, you're not supporting the team. But I, I completely refute that su- that suggestion, and, and Stephen Henderson agrees. Yeah, as I say, it's, it's a catch-22 situation with fans and, and getting behind the team and all that. So if uh, if fans don't see any spark or don't see any what they perceive to be uh, any drive or any, any chance of, uh, you know, you need you need something as a fan, generally speaking. I mean, you know, if it's a big game before you go in, like if it's a cup semi-final or if it's, uh, you know, the last game of the season, you need the win to stay up, or you know, fans generally will will start uh, from the off, you know, because uh, because of the occasion. Uh, otherwise, I think uh, generally speaking, it's you know the players will say that they need the fans to get behind them to lift them, and uh, the the fans will say, well, give us something to lift, give us something, to, give us a reason to do it. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think uh, it is a catch twenty two. I think it's clear to see that uh, the fans have no problem getting behind the side, and they do. 
um, as long as they uh, feel that the, the the team's putting the commitment in, I guess. Right. Uh, on um, on Wednesday evening, uh, Graham Moore uh, sadly passed away. He was um, uh, a Welshman. He played um, obviously played for Charlton and for Cardiff. Made 120 appearances for the Addicts in the late 60s and, and early 70s. And then uh, we'll talk about the man himself first because like, that's that's what I want to that's what I want to get over mainly because we'll see. I think after the situation yesterday, which we all come on to because we have to come on to it. Um, it, it was uh, a lot of the talk was taken away from him himself, and obviously before my time at Tell, he was one one of the first players you ever saw. Um, November uh, 18, nineteen sixty seven was the day my father brought me uh, to the valley. Uh, Charlton were uh, were playing Blackpool, and um, I turned up at the valley not knowing anybody. Of course, the first game, first ga- live game of football I ever saw, and that's what got me hooked. Uh, I was uh, a Plastic Man United fan for four years before, or five years, I suppose, before that, because the telly was full of Bobby Charlton and Georgie Best and Dennis Law and, and the like, and so uh, it's natural enough that uh, if you're into football, that's what you follow. Uh, but um, as soon as my dad brought me through the turnstiles at the back of the covered end uh, and, I, and I experienced live football, um, that was it for me. Uh, there was no going back. Uh, and that Charlton side was Wright, Curtis, Foley, Moore, King, Went, Peacock, Tease, Gregory, Campbell, Kinsey, uh, and Booth was on the bench, um, unused, as I've since found out, by the way. Um, but we lost 2-0. It sort of set the tone, really, for the, <laughs> for the rest for the rest of my Charlton uh, existence. But, um, you know, as as soon as I watched that, then I wanted to find out more. You know, I wanted to find, if you'll pardon the pun, um, I wanted to find out about that team. And uh, you start trying to find bits of papers. Obviously, there's no such thing as internet and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, my dad would buy a paper on a Sunday. There'd be, there'd be little snippets here and there. Uh, and it's only really um, uh, subsequently, as the years years pass, you then go keep going back, and, and, and I've got the photograph. I've managed to get quite a few signatures from the team, uh, but sadly not all, and regrettably sadly not Graham Moore. Um, and then you find out about Graham Moore, you speak to people who, um, and I'm, I mentioned uh, that I I've managed to get some signatures, because I've spoke to the likes of uh, um, Keith Peacock, of course, uh, Brian Kinsey, uh, who was about then, and uh, Theo Foley, uh, and they all say what what a good player he was. What, you know, they meant, and I mentioned when I was having discussions with them, I said who were the best players in your team, and you know they say we weren't a bad side. We had this this guy called Graham Moore, uh, who um, <coughs> it was it was a Cardiff man, uh, and a Cardiff legend, by the way. Not just not just a player for Cardiff. Uh, he was uh, he was a local. Uh, he scored a last-minute equaliser um, against Brighton that, uh, that that I think uh, was significant. He scored the winner uh, to help them win promotion to Division One, um, and uh, yeah, because Cardiff was struggling financially, he got sold to Chelsea, uh, and he helped Chelsea win promotion to the First Division, uh, and he made seventy-two appearances for Chelsea, and then uh, sold to Man United for uh, for what was then thirty-five grand, which was pretty much what they paid for him. So uh, uh, he was then the second generation of Busby Babes. Um, yeah. So he was no small time, small time player. He, uh, he he made his debut for Wales and, and scored against England. So that immediately puts him uh, right up there amongst Welsh heroes for a start. <laughs> uh, he went on to win twenty one caps. He was he was actually twenty one caps rather. He was named BBC Sports Personality for Wales um, Wales Sports Personality in nineteen fifty nine. So he was so highly thought of in, in Wales. Yeah, unbelievably so that uh, that I don't think um, <clears throat> a lot of people grasped. Uh, and he was a significant player for us. And uh, as I say, he was part of the team that uh, that I fell in love with. 
Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, I was, you know, as a six year old and seven year old and eight year old, I remember him as a player because that would be lying. I'm not, uh, and I'm not going to do that. But uh, he was part, he's part of that, um, fantasy team of mine that uh, will live in my memory forever because, um, that's what, uh, um, grasped me into, into coming to the Valley year on year ever since. Um, Obviously, yesterday's situation in the, the the family were here. It was the two of the sides that he played for, Charlton and Cardiff, um, and uh, black armbands being worn and, and getting ready to wear to to do um, the, the the minutes applause and, and the minute applause goes up, uh, we will stand up, we will start clapping. Uh, as someone of my age, um, nothing seems off to me at the time. Um, and I, but I I, I, fo- I do a tweet. I, I did a photo to. Uh, to tweet out and then um, I started getting tweets in saying you know, they, they put the wrong person they've, they, they've put Alan Campbell up on the um, on the and if you look in the in the back of the programme I've just noticed they had the, a card for for Alan Campbell so I'll say I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a huge blunder and I'm, I'm sure no, no one's going to sit here and try and pretend it's not it's um, the family were here it was, it was a horrible horrible situation and it's, it's given more bad publicity to the club um, I mean just while I've been on air I've got a text from a mate of mine, Dave Carter, he's, he's um, in our little group chat where there's two Charlton fans, the rest of, the rest of them don't support Charlton. And he, he's just said that Charlton actually gone and put the wrong photo up in a tribute yesterday. And I was like, you know, it's, 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 it's just terrible publicity for the club. And it's a hor- it's just a horrible, horrible situation. And it's we, we couldn't go without mentioning it, could we? No, no. Uh, it, you know, you can't dress this up into anything other than it was uh, it was a shocking thing to have happened. You know, and... Uh, uh, obviously, we're not going to we're not going to call anybody out or, uh, or or dig anybody out. Mistakes might happen, but you know this this one um, uh, is, uh, is is significant enough that uh, that it's going to impact. Um, or, and it's made national uh, um, uh, yeah. newspapers, was, not was, just not was, just local ones. I know you see it coming up on the Mirror website before yeah, yeah. full time um, because uh, it is it is something that's quite significant. And and I suppose what uh, magnifies the problem is that he he was a Cardiff legend as well. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we were playing Cardiff, so uh, and the family were here, and yeah, you know, it's um, it, you know, you normally say that mistakes happen, and let's just move on, it's, forget about it. Yeah, it's I mean, going to be tough for, because because this sort of this sort of thing, uh, people will remember forever. And um, you know, you mentioned it just now, the situation we're in makes it uh, just magnified by yeah. an extreme it's just, uh, it is uh, one of those things so quantity. You, you put up the wrong ticket price on, on the ticket price page and that, that thing doesn't get noticed but it was, it was just it was such, it's such a massive thing that you have to get right when the family are here and obviously it is a horrible error um, and like I say it, it definitely needs to be learned from the club we're, we're quick to apologise at half time in the stadium uh, I think I understood they, they said that someone spoke to um uh, the family as well yep. who were here yep. in uh, who were here uh, to to celebrate the life as well um i i know it was it's, it's it all, and then all of a sudden it becomes a damage limitation thing for the club i was in the tunnel after and um the the new head of communications came up to me in my role as writing i was writing for the south london press yesterday and she she made sure that i knew that there was an apology was, she um uh, also came into the uh, into the press room afterwards uh, i was in here um waiting for jose but she you know um went into the press room and said it to, to all the assembled press as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, in terms of trying to rectify the situation, the, the club uh, did whatever it could. Um, and it's one of those things that, you, you know, you can't take it back now, it's done. Uh, yeah. And it is damage limitation, you're right. And, and we have to try and um, 
of course, learn from that and, and make sure something like that doesn't happen again. But, uh, um, you know, we've done um, a number of tributes in this in, in, in this way before without any problems. Yeah. Uh, and obviously this one, something badly went wrong that um, that shouldn't have happened. And, and I'm sure... Uh, nobody, uh, you know, this isn't something that's ever been done deliberate. It's something that's that's that slipped through, uh, gone unnoticed, um, which shouldn't happen, but did. Yeah. Um, as long as we learn from it and, and put, you know, the, the right procedure in place that it can't happen again, then uh, so be it. Yeah. Uh, Steve Bridges says, Graham Moore, rest in peace. I was an average player, but I modelled his ability to change direction on uh, on the run with the ball. He absolutely uh, loved him. So I'll see you. Uh, Steve Bridges has uh, good memories. Right, um, during the week, uh, Roland Duchatelet, uh, he was in, he was in the uh, SC7. He was spotted, as you said, on on a train, seemingly getting off at Lewisham, I think. So I don't know if he was where he was off to, but he was. Uh, he, he's uh, like I say, all that money travels on southeastern. Some people more money than sense. Um, uh, what, what, what did you make? It said, said a lot of things. Um, I, I, you go on social media and on the forums to try and garner the reaction of of, of how the fans took to, to what he said. Um, he certainly backed his person. He, he claims to have made. Uh, he says, "I know I've made mistakes, but I'd be an idiot not to learn from them." Uh, well, we're two years down the line now, Roland. <laughs> Do you know, it's, and I've mentioned this uh, this several times before. It's probably going to sound boring, but you know, you take uh, first of all, nobody can be surprised with the with, with the statement. Nobody. I mean, you can't you can't you can't have expected anything else, can you? Really? I mean, you can't be hand on heart and say you were expecting any other kind of statement. <laughs> really? True. Can yeah, you? That's, that's true. That's true. So uh, nobody should be surprised that, that the statement came out, and anybody anybody who is really is, is at their head stuck in the sand. Um, as for the, the the statement itself, it's what you expected. It's you know, as you say, it, you can. If if it's a, a statement where we're mid-table and we've uh, made a few mistakes which have failed to get us into the playoffs or failed to uh, um, get us into the cup final, you know what I mean, or failed to get us uh, just over the line, then I think um, most fans will be fairly accepting of them. The fact that we're in the position we're in, we've had how many managers now, uh, and uh, we stumble, we seem to stumble from one crisis to another, um, the statement, for fans anyway, will generally fall on deaf ears. Because, and and everybody can pick holes in them. Of course they can, because um, because uh, of the situation we're in. So it's it's one of those things there. You know, you want to hear what he has to say, what Roland has to say, but you know, once you do, You're not gonna like it's it. not going to make any difference. And it's not, you know, you're not going to like it. and It's not going to make any difference. So it's it, it's a damned if you do and damned if you don't scenario. Uh, in the same way as the club sometimes finds itself in now. So it was. I was almost, you know, I was almost like, oh well, I'm glad he's going to. I'm glad he's going to say something, and then I'm thinking, oh, actually, part of me wishes he probably wouldn't. Because he, um, he came out, and he, like I say, he said, oh, I know I've made mistakes, and we're going to make sure we learn from them. Before he then, for me, went on to just back up everything he's already done and continued to say, you know, try to try to justify the appointment of, of Carol Fry, try to justify... Uh, he said that he still wants to work with youth, and all these things that have caused us problems. He still, he still believes in his idea. Um, which worries me, mate. I mean, obviously, he backed Katrine as you as you'd probably again as you'd expect. Again, you'd expect it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of he didn't. He, he rather than ad- addressing the situation where the comments in Dublin like were upset a lot of fans. He came out and said you were misunderstood. Well, when you listen back to it, perhaps not. I mean, the, the one thing that um, those comments in Dublin, everyone always picks up on the customers one, but it's, it's the other comment from that evening that had me worried. Where 
Katrine said that my vision is for a football club that that, that sells its its players to the Premier League. Come and see the stars of the the future stars of the Premier League, and that for me shows absolutely no ambition. And I think what Roland had to say uh, during the week um, pretty much went with that anyway. Well, I think again, um, you know, it's one of those things that um, we sort of guessed was come, was happening. Uh, and again, let's 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 not dress this up. We've been that sort of club for a long time, anyway. You know, we've sold our best players uh, for a long time. But firstly, some most of the time it's uh, well, not most of the time, quite a bit of the time it's been through necessity rather than design. Yeah. Um, but going back into the eighties, it was it was absolutely what we did. We uh, we we brought through young players and sold them. But that's that's the thing I don't understand now. Because if you say it was through necessity and not design, now we're in a position where we haven't. There's no reason for Roland to need to do that. Okay, he's he's worth so much money. Agreed. So why is he coming to a club like? I mean, that, that's the sort of thing you'd be doing if you're if you're an owner who's like a lifelong Charlton fan who just happened to run a very successful corner shop. You mentioned it five minutes ago because that's his ideal. Uh, in the same way as if you if if you look at I don't know someone like Arsene Wenger, for example. Um, Arsenal has got this utopian way that football should be played. You know, always on the floor, always pity patty footballs. You know, trying to recreate Barcelona style in the Premier League, and uh, that's it, the beautiful way, and that's how they're going to win championships. And uh, he's even looking like he's going to implode this season. And you know, the best chance they've had, they're not going to do it because. Hope they it, do. It ruined my uh, day today. <laughs> but it's it. But you know, it's one of those things that the utopian value sounds fantastic, but in reality. It's not going to work, and that's my take on on uh, Mr. De Chatelet's, um ideals. I think uh, the, the the notion that we can bring through young players for our academy at a price whereby we are sustainable as a as a business and a football club, so we're not uh, ever in debt, and we're not ever uh, facing administration or extinction, uh, and then mix that with uh, players from wherever, whether it be from within the league or, in his case, it, it would seem from the network. The idea of that sounds fantastic. If it could work, but we, we all know because we've been here a while that it can't. Because the very same reason that we, I mentioned earlier about the the fact that Cashy and Dr. and that uh, are breaking down, and players who are coming in from the network don't seem to last because they can't face or they can't put up with the the rigors of this league. It's a it's a special league. It's a it's a different ball game to to anywhere else. Uh, so. The idea of bringing young players, and then what happens is when you bring those young players through, if you look at the likes of. Uh, um, uh, 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 Grant. Um, he, uh, he's, he's blown up he, he came through as a, a fantastically exciting young prospect and all that's happened is he's gone downhill because he's been stuck in, in a team that's struggling too early, too often and now he's, you know, he's gone backwards rather than forwards. Morgan Fox, remember, I mean, people seem to forget at the start of this season, Morgan Fox scored against QPR, got called up to the Wales squad. The first five or six games, he was looking like the finished article, but we know he's not yet, and now we've seen his, his confidence just be drained away. And that, for me, is the, the nub of, of why I don't think it can ever work. And <clears throat> I, don't this, I don't mean this to sound as flippant as it's probably going to sound, uh, because I don't. You know, I, I'm almost saying forget the... Uh, the cock-ups of, of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Forget, uh, you know, um, even the, the the mistakes that happen that, that are a bit embarrassing. Uh, you know, if you put them to one side, the whole core issue of, of how uh, the, uh, the 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 club, the ownership of the club wants us to go, I don't think could ever work. I just don't. And and all right, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe there might be some entire because I, I even mentioned it once, even beforehand, that. Uh, Maybe at the beginning of, of when uh, Mr. Shatley started um, his uh, his regime here, you know, I quoted the Watford um, 
example, where they did it. But when you look at how they did it, they brought in players from a much higher level in yeah. Italy well, I was, I was, uh, and I, combined it yeah. with experienced was, championship players. I was players. speaking to a Watford fan here who uh, was covering the game for BBC and, and I was asking her about the situation with network clubs. And I said, why is it different to us? I said, she said, for starters, the Posos are always at the games. And secondly, they, they, they move around good players. Like, I mean, Watford game. fans were moaning when they brought in all these unheard of, like Vidra and uh, who's the diver, Forestieri. But they're actually decent players. Well, they're much level. higher level at, in Italy than, than the players we're getting, generally speaking, with the possible exception of DR and Gashi, mm. who are the two players we miss the most, mm. to be fair. Um, um, they're they're just, just not good enough, and they're not um, up to the pace of, of this championship. So, um, and, and he combined it with the likes of Troy Deeney and, uh, and, and players of that ilk uh, in the championship. You can get away with it. Yeah. You can absolutely get away with it. You can't when you throw in academy players with players who have never played in this league before. It's just never going to work. I wanted to know what you guys made of, uh, of Roland's interview in the South London Press and on the, the club website during the week. TFT7797, who we've nicknamed Two Footy Tackle, because TFT, that's the best we could come up with, uh, it says, Du Chatelet talks of mistakes, but does nothing to correct the mistakes. Ultimately, it's all PR flannel. Uh, the only hope is if he sells, uh, and yeah, and uh, Alex Stedman uh, said he said a lot. He said uh, he was here because he had to be. His mistakes will not be learned from. That's the bottom line. It's a business model. We won't stray away from. Statement is hot PR driven air, and it stinks. I'm afraid. Only interested in young players in the shop window to make him money. That's the plan, and it always will be. We are a shop. We are a shop window. Mendes in League One is a chance to chuck the younger players in, and, uh, and he says. That Terry's nailed it on Charlton Live. It won't ever work. The Watford model is such a contrast. That's my dissertation. I know Stedman's actually doing a dissertation on network ownership of football. Oh, is he? <laughs> so he, <laughs> okay. he would have been a, he would have been a good one to have on the show this evening. I think. Yeah, I think um, you know. I, I suppose I'm I'm looking at it slightly differently in as much as that everybody's saying the best thing that can happen is is for him to sell and get out. <laughs> uh, and I think better personally would be that he suddenly realises uh, <laughs> what is going to need, what it actually needs to happen, mm. and changes. Oh, and yeah, uh, and says, all right, okay, I, I made a mistake. This isn't going to work, so we're going to do it like this. Don't worry about the money. I, I'm not going to throw money at it, but I've got financial backing if we need to, to do this, this, or this. And I'm going to bring players in from the championship, mix in the youth, maybe bring in the odd quality player from, from abroad, from the network if we've got them, and then we'll have a full tilt at it. That for me, because, yeah. you know, and again, I'll help back to it. The face, on the face of it, the beginning of the season, that side that we had at the beginning of the season, where we, uh, we started uh, on the front foot, was a good side, is a good side. You know, with Cashy, with Diara, with uh, Bauer at the back looking strong, with, uh, with Vettikali up front. Uh, you know, we actually, well, as was Tony Watt, but uh, making up, we looked a side. But unfortunately, you can't you can't win a, a championship or even get close to getting the top of the championship with just bare eleven players. You just can't do it. You can't have just eleven good players. You've got to have seventeen good players, minimum, hopefully mm. twenty uh, that can step into the breach when you get the odd injury or two. So, um, you know, uh, because I think uh, the upheaval of, of of an ownership change would be as damaging uh, potentially. I think, and so. My utopian idea would be that um, he gets uh, there's a visit from uh, the fairy godmother somewhere, uh, and um, he suddenly wakes up and realizes, oh no, this is what needs to be done. 
Yeah. And then goes and does it. Obviously, the fairy, the fairy godmother will have to uh, divert around the rocking horse poo as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Because it ain't going to happen. I did say it was utopia. Yeah, no, it ain't, ain't going to happen. You didn't, you didn't ask me what I thought I'd happen. You said yeah. what I want to happen. Yeah. Uh, Lisbon says, uh, we, all keep repeating the, uh, we all keep repeating the horrendous mistakes this regime make. At some point, we will need accountability, not Roland uh, Sporting Mayor. Um, uh, Alex said, and, and a good point that the Roland said that Roland's argument against having a big squad was unhappy players being left out. But I mean, you look at the, the morale of the players now that we're doing really badly. No, no, no one's sitting here thinking, well, everyone's happy now, are they? No, clearly not. I mean, we you know, but we've uh, we've been in this situation. Not you know, if you take the results situ- uh, situation on its own, you know, we've been here before recently. So um, you know, we can spot. When uh, when things um, off the, on on the pitch and probably the atmosphere of the players off the pitch or the image of the players off the pitch, it's the same when when you're getting uh, when you're going and you're down at the the bottom end. Um, we've experienced it uh, several times, in fact, so we can spot it, mm. and that's the sad thing. You can see you can you can sort of see the the, the, the players and their attitudes and, and and what's happening. And you think and and that's why people find it difficult to see that we can get out of it because mm. you you spot the same images that that you've seen before when we got relegated before yeah Yeah. um obviously uh people who also don't uh agree with your utopian roland might change his (laughs) mind view uh the the coalition against roland du chatelet and they um uh stepped up the protest again yesterday and they uh uh, went for another uh, a twist on it to obviously we need they they need something that's going to catch the media's attention uh and they've gone for yesterday the pinocchio theme and uh, i think that their statement was very careful to not uh say why they've gone for the pinocchio theme it's merely a celebration of um the little boy, the little puppet who lied, um, and and they were very careful not to name any names because obviously then you get into all sorts of all sorts of legal situations, and obviously we're going to be very careful on this show as well. Um, on the uh, on the day of the protest, we saw Katrine walk up to Rick Everett, take a a, a sticker and a mask from. Uh, so she's obviously trying to put a brave face on on these protests um, and 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 laugh them off almost. What, what did you make of that? I mean, that's what she's trying to do. Well, I think um, uh, kudos, I suppose, for uh, for doing that. Um, it may be a little too little, too late for for most for the fans that have, uh, are of that opinion, uh, for the fans that are protesting, um, because um, maybe if that had happened six months ago, four months ago, I don't know, um, or straight after the the Dublin interview, um, maybe uh, there, you could have salvaged something. I think it's regrettably but I, think, I, I don't think she was in any way trying to salvage something yesterday. She was trying to show to Rick. Maybe, yeah. So she was, she, I, I from what Rick, a, this doesn't affect me, Tom. Yeah, from what Rick tweeted, suggesting that... Oh, um, I haven't seen that, she so, thought, she, uh, she thought that Rick was scared to speak to her face-to-face, which obviously Rick laughed off. Um, I can never imagine Rick being scared, yeah, scared no, to speak to anybody. I think he, he put on Child Life, he was more worried that people would think he was... Trying to sidle up, yeah. Well, he was, he, no, or that, or he was trying to intimidate her. In oh, okay, so right. that's what. Um, um, it's just yeah. She, she wore the Pinocchio mask, which or she she held the Pinocchio. Did mask, she? Which is quite, well, she held a Pinocchio mask and wore a Pinocchio sticker. Oh, okay, I didn't which see was, that. Um, okay. Quite funny. Right. Uh, John Ambergar on uh, says, "Are the process? If you want to do a process, do it like Liverpool, short and sweet, with a positive result." Obviously, the the problem you have there is for starters, um. We, uh, we, we, we start off with a half-empty crowd anyway. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't really notice much difference if 25% of people walked out, which is probably all they got at Liverpool. Maybe 20, 25%. I don't, I don't know that for certain. Um, we're not as big a club, uh, so they wouldn't, you wouldn't get, you wouldn't see just hundreds of people packing down the stairs as you did at, at Liverpool. It, it just looked like one or two people going out to get beer. I think um, the opportunity to do that is probably a live game. I suppose if you're going to do it at all, uh, is if you know there's a live game on the telly. 
that um, you could have that sort of impact. I guess. I mean, because as you say, uh, any other time we're um, uh, we're not on the radar of uh, of big uh, the big media. Generally the, speaking, the only other time we have been on the telly, of course, they did the two percent stuff. And I, yeah. I mean that 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 certainly garnered attention because I remember I was at the game and I had my computer open and up on Twitter a Carlisle fan I follow tweeted saying, "Oh, the." He said the Charlton fans have certainly bodied their owners. With I've that. got to be honest. I think the the attention is there. I think the you know the national media know it exists, and and I think in that respect the uh, the protest has, has has achieved what it's what it's set out to achieve. It's difficult to know where it goes from here. I suppose. I mean, I'm, I, I I guess they know. I mean, they're not going to tell everybody because they don't want it to be. Um, um, derailed, I suppose, mm. but uh, it's difficult to know. Um, you know, once you get the media attention, what happens after that? Do you know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I, and uh, and it's, I guess it's a long haul thing. It's not going to happen over five minutes. No. Uh, we've got a few emails in. Uh, yep. Firstly, about card. There's one. If you see the one at the top about card, um, there's a few. And Paul Griffiths is. Um, I want to come back to as well at some point. So, but if you do the card one, and then I'll come back to Paul Griffiths. Okie dokie, hang on. Sorry, I was just... I'm trying oh, to get some, do you want me to do it? Yeah, you do, because I'm okay. getting some audio for I've, the I've last just, bit I've as well. I've just come off it to, to find the card one, <laughs> uh, to find the uh, Paul Griffiths one, but uh, I'll get on the card, card one now. Uh, just scrolling down. Forgive me, because uh, I just... Um, okay, hold on. Uh, i just come out of it. Uh, right. Um, Not to Paul Griffiths. Um... Do you want me to do it? I've got it now. Right. It's, it's, yeah, you it's do it because I'm, I'm struggling yeah, to it's, reload. It's Matt. He says, Evening all. Have to admit, the photos of uh, KM smiling whilst wearing a Pinocchio sticker were worrying. They raised the question of whether the West End protests, no matter how colourful they are, are affecting our toxic ownership. That being said, I'm fully behind Card. They're doing a fantastic job, and more importantly, they're actually doing something. I'm sick of hearing so many alternative protest ideas from Card, uh, which he spelt with a K, which he, he says stands for Keyboard Warriors against Roland <laughs> Chatelet, rather than attacking people who are actively trying to change the situation. These people even need to support Card or start acting so we can achieve what everyone else wants. Uh, cheers, Matt. And yeah, thanks for email, Matt, because I 100, 100 million percent agree with that it's all too easy to sit behind your laptop and and i mean the, the worst ones are the, the faux hard men you're sitting there going oh we we should be causing a riot and so well clearly that's just going to make us look like a bunch of hooligans it's not going to affect positive change but secondly i mean if, if you believe that go out and do it then you're just sat behind your key your keyboard doing absolutely nothing just trying to look hard on the internet it's pretty pathetic and you know moaning at people who are actually getting out there and trying to make positive change and these are people who have got years of media and, and PR experience working. And you look at the amount of stuff that's got in papers, got on TV, you know, the, um, obviously we don't know who'd done the, the thing that, that caused the, the, the company's house. Oh, yeah, but all, so Some genius come up with that. Obviously, it's illegal and they shouldn't have done it. But all these things are things that are actually garnering um, media attention. And you throwing a brick at a window, which some people are suggesting we should do, it's just ridiculous, and it's not helping anyone. It's uh, you're always going to get um, varying different sides of something like this because you know when you've got a supporter base of uh, however many, you know whether it be the five hundred, yeah, yeah, whether it be the, the you know the, let's say the fifteen thousand of us uh, that uh, you would say is uh, maybe twelve thousand hardcore, let's say, uh, or you've got your seventy thousand or fifty thousand Liverpool fans or whatever it is, you're always going to have sections whereby you're going to have people who uh, are the doers and they go out and they do what they uh, they feel is right and they do it in the in the way uh, that um, they see fit. You're going to have people who are slightly more antagonistic, let's say, slightly more uh, um, uh, volatile and want to do it in a different way to say, you know, we need to do this quicker, we need to get more attention and the only way you're going to do that is to um, drive a bus through a window. Uh, and then you get the other people who, um, who really aren't doers and, and they think, well, that's all right, but uh, um, we need to do more 
but not me. Sort of not in my backyard type of people. And, and, and other people, and we've got to, you know, we've got to be prepared to, to understand this. There are people out there who probably don't agree with it at all. You know, that, so actually, I don't think it'll make a difference, so why bother that type, you know? So you just got to accept that there are going to be different, uh, different ways of looking at this. Uh, and um, fortunately, if you hop back to the Back to the Valley campaign, there are enough people who uh, got behind that to make it uh, to make a difference uh, in the same way as there were enough people that went to Sellers Park to keep the club afloat during those times when people uh, decided actually they couldn't face going so uh, and they did it for the right reasons as did the people who kept going for the right reasons so everybody thinks they're doing everything for the right reason so let's not uh, what we needn't do what we can't do as a fan base is get at each other you know we've got to understand everybody's got to understand each other's uh, um, uh, opinion each other's methods and if it doesn't sit with uh, your own or ours or mine, then that's just the way it is. doesn't mean we're any less a supporter. And so um, all, I, all, I'd, all I'd really want to make sure the fans do is, is stay together on this, regardless of whether or not you're in that camp or you're in this camp or you really can't, uh, haven't got the time, you really can't be bothered. Um, as long as we're all Charlton fans, we're all pulling in the same direction. That's the yeah. main thing. Right, OK. Alex Stedman says, Clever protest, but too gentle. Uh, great sense of humour, but long time it won't be effective. So when you say too gentle, Alex, I mean, you need to clarify what you mean by that, because, I mean, well, what, what are the other options? Are you, are you suggesting we do a standard liage and everyone jump into the boardroom and try, try and attack Roland? I mean, well, you need to clarify what that Which means. Which also didn't make any difference. Yeah. Uh, ben Carter <laughs> says, Well and truly support the protest, but beer mats, fancy dress, really. It's, it's about getting a message out there. I mean... You're in a situation here, and you can't you can't hold a gun to someone's head and force them to sell the club. I think the the, the way Card are trying to do it through making their lives difficult, making them making them embarrassed, and, and you know, making them a laughing stock. I mean, obviously they're doing a very good job of doing that themselves anyway. But um, that's what the Card are trying to get at. And unless you you can't say that something's too gentle, Alex, I think you need to follow that up. And if you've got an idea, then let us know it. Well, you know, I I, I agree with both of you actually. Um, it was a it is a, a gentle form of protesting, I suppose, but. Um, is pretty much you would think that that's the only avenue open at the minute. I mean, what else? Because what else there is no, get, yeah. but there is no, there is not a lot else other than uh, the illegal stuff, I suppose. If if they are going to uh, go down any route, you've got to do it. And I, I would, you know, judging from what I've read, the protest is about mm. um, uh, awareness, an awareness campaign, and to to, to highlight their uh, uh, the protests' aims. Uh, at uh, showing what's going on at the club yeah. so um anything else of course that will you know you don't want to highlight things in the wrong way yeah i mean uh, alex says not not violent anything but but he says but a boycott and hitting them in the pocket is the most effective way car to do a good job my answer to this and i've been thinking about this the last couple of days remember when wimbledon were going down the pan and they was they started getting three thousand home attendances in, um, and, and i remember then they got moved to milton Keynes, and, and a lot of people said you should have stayed and fight fought for your club and if that's what happens, we're going down the pan and we start getting 3,000 crowds and then we carry on continuing down, and people will say, well, you weren't there to fight. This is a different way of doing it. I'd, um, I'd, 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 I've always thought that the whole hit-them-in-the-pocket notion um, won't work because if it was purely a monetary thing, uh, if it was about purely about cash, and, and you mentioned it earlier about uh, you know, um, all that the ownership is thinking of is making money out of the sale of, of young kids. If it was just about money, surely... I mean, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. The money's not in selling uh, young uh, kids and staying in League One or staying in the Championship. The money, if you're going to make it, is in the Premier League. So if it was just about cash, surely the biggest thing would be to get in the Premier League for whatever reason and then sell and make as much money as you possibly can and then get out. 
if it was just about cash? I mean, am I wrong? If it was this notion, we've got this notion, or people have this notion that... uh, um, sitting there counting up the cash and saying, well, if, uh, if I sell him for three million, five million, it hasn't cost me anything to bring him together, which isn't true because it has, um, uh, then I'll, my balance sheet will be that at the end of the season. That's fantastic. If it was just about balance sheets, he'd take a hit now, money-wise, to try and make sure he make a serious profit. Because well, you're talking about 80, 100, 120 million when you're in the Premier League. It's a huge different ballgame. You know, we're not talking about five, you know, five grand here, five grand there. It's a massive difference. So I think if it was just about cash, we'd be in the Premier League. Mm. Right. We're running out of time on tonight's show. We're going to come Good back in, in, in 30 seconds. We want to go a couple more emails about Graham Moore uh, from, uh, from Brian Cole and from Bob Liscombe. Uh, so if you can if you can jump on those for, for after. And then we're going to do the reasons why we're still in love with Charlton and find out if you've ever met a, uh, a love interest at the Valley. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in. Great home run. Can he get across into the middle? He can. There's Cousins to the far post. Yeah! 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 With a goal yeah! in the 96th minute. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here. Uh, yeah, like I said, a, a couple more emails just about uh, Graham Moore, who, who has, as we know, sadly passed away on Wednesday, and we want to uh, we want to talk about. It. But actually, just yeah, very just before that, Stedman says, uh, "Came laughing and taking those masks demonstrates they don't care." Hence the gentle comment, "It doesn't bother them." I mean, you have to see that the, the entire reason that Katrine was out there picking up that mask and laughing is to make people like you, Alex, think that she doesn't care and she's not getting rattled by this protest. But I mean, you look at you look at the things, the, the way that the the people have reacted to. The protest so far we've had statements from Roland which we haven't had we've had you know all sorts of things trying to change and Katrine is rattled I'm telling you that now I'm certain of it she was furious furious about the company's house thing and I've heard that you know so don't think that she's not getting rattled don't think you know this is P- that was PR from her she was laughing and pretending nothing's going wrong don't fall for it I think um, where uh, Alex may be coming from uh, and I don't want to speak for Alex by the way um, he can correct me if I'm wrong I'm sure that uh, maybe he's coming across as thinking that uh, that, uh, and I agree with you. By the way, uh, I think uh, you can't not be affected by by the protest that that's been going on. It'd be uh, it'd be impossible not to be affected. The point I think maybe that Alex is getting at is that it, even though they are affected, it probably still won't make any difference in the way it's being done. That, that's the only thing I can think of, and I, and I sort of get where he's coming from. Uh, but I also think that uh, and I'm actually of the opinion that I don't think it matters what you do <laughs> at the moment, and I do think this is a long haul situation. Yeah, I think I think giving up this easily, I don't, and, and, I, I, and just yeah. be, just because she's laughing and, and taking on board that she that she's saying she doesn't don't do not fall for that and don't. I mean, it feels like that's why Cardiff said they're in it for the long haul, as you, as you said. I think it has to be that way. Yeah. If, if they're going to achieve what they want to achieve, then it's going to be a, it's not going to be a five-minute thing. Yeah, right. Let's um, let's 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 hear those those Graham Moore emails. Uh, yeah, we got um, one from uh, uh, Brian Cole. Uh, and Brian says, uh, hi guys, Terry has just mirrored my memories of the tank, as Moore was known. Of course he was, yeah. Uh, luckily I didn't experience a Man United era <laughs> and had supported Charlton since I was born with the 66-67 uh, being my first season, just before Terry. 50 years attending next year for me, gulp. Yeah, same here. Uh, back end of 67, it'll be, uh, 2017, it'll be me as well. As a six-year-old, my memories were a little patchy, but I love watching all the players and grew to love Graymore. RIP and thanks for being a first addict here, and it's uh, Brian Cole. Uh, yeah, it's um, uh, it, the memories uh, are patchy. Uh, it's difficult not to, but bizarrely, I vividly remember that first day. Yeah, the first game I, I can remember so much about that day. 
it's it's if, scary. If everyone remembers their, their first game, I only have very brief memories of my first game. It's not the actual game itself, but it's been walking down behind the West Stand and seeing this massive crowd of people, which is, obviously you wouldn't see these days. I, I've just shown I just showed earlier before because I invested in a couple of things uh, over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I just showed um, uh, Louis a picture of uh, the back end of the old uh, uh, East Stand. Oh, well, back of the West, I suppose, yeah. and the corner of the East. I'll take a photo uh, of it and I'll tweet it from yeah, our okay. from our page and. Um, and that's what I remember because although I, I was a covered in boy, I always came in uh, in the corner of the Eastern um, or the Jimmy Cedars is now uh, and the West End because they had the mound and it had a little goalpost on there. Although this picture doesn't show the goalpost, and I used to muck about. I used to bring a little tennis ball and play football in the goalpost and uh, smucked about around there before taking my position in the covered. Uh, Bob Lipscomb also emailed us in Terry. Am I right in thinking Graham Moore's nickname was the Tank? And Brian Cole has just reminded me. Of course it was. Yes. Uh, he was known as the tank, um, uh, he, and that you know that gave the impression he was a centre half, but he wasn't by any stretch. He was uh, a ball playing midfield player, uh, and um, it just um, and I also invested by the way in, in uh, the Colin Camera book Home and Away, which uh, I got a signed copy, which I'm really uh, chuffed about by the way, um, superb, and it uh, it shows you every game, and I'm, I managed to. Uh, uh, get the referee's name for the game, for my first ever game at the value. I don't know why it's that's important, uh, but there were. Tw- so you could send hate mail. But to the, 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 uh, the strange thing is about it is when when I went to the game as a young kid, I just thought it was packed. I thought there, you know, my memory of it, there must have been forty thousand in there. It was just heaving, which wasn't true. The covered might have been, but there was only twelve thousand six hundred ninety. <laughs> so, uh, so, so it, it shows how your memory can uh, play tricks on you. Uh, plenty of other emails coming in that we've got to go through. We've got to try and run through these before. Uh, and I, I promised to to come back to I think it was Paul's. Paul's email. He mentioned the match first, and then off the pitch, he wants to talk about the fast as Charlton continues ever more embarrassing. We have the company's house prank. Why on earth did the club get the old corner flag picture out for a club statement? Uh, what were they hoping to achieve by this? They just turned a minor Twitter story into a national media one. Then we have the non-event of the Roland interviews. Why does he have to leave the country before match days? Most owners flying for the games, not in and out to miss them. Uh, my worry is though that the protests are being burnt out during yesterday's game. The rendition of stand up, if you want them out, were the least supported we've, and we've gone from a position during the Forest game of everyone getting up to about half the, half the ground and, near, and now and clearly the quietest uh, post-match I would suggest the numbers at the protests were the smallest yet is everyone suffering from a protest fatigue or just given up as the owner and the CEO clearly don't care the picture of Cam wearing a Pinocchio sticker as you mentioned uh, Louis and holding a mask laughing clearly shows to me they're not affected by it at all Louis has a different opinion I'm worried that uh, apathy is setting in Blackpool fans have warned that similar happened up there and the ongoing protests they have with their owner where do we go from here at Liverpool they have a walkout 10 minutes from the end and the owners back down freeze the prices and write to everyone apologising and trying to get back on track We've had three months of protests and not one thing has changed at all. What can CFC supporters do now? Importantly, we have to stick together. Before the match yesterday and post-match, it was very sad to see on Twitter fans slagging each other off. We are better and stronger together. Of course, the complete file showing the picture of Alan Campbell instead of Graham Moore than leaving it up to the whole minute was just a shambles and the post-match trying to blame it on work experience students. This whole episode seems to sum up the club has no idea what's going on or where it's going. Uh, although sadly everyone can see it's heading to League One and possibly worse. Thanks as ever to Charlton Live for your great work. Cheers, Paul. Uh, had to mention that because because uh, it was quite uh, yeah. it was quite significant. Mentions all the things we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. uh, pretty Perfect much. email for the show. <laughs> Have we got many more? We've got quite a few. And I, overrun it, a slightly. I know we are. Yeah. So, but it's it, you know it's, it'd be remiss of me not to mention all the people that have emailed in, um, and. Um, 
Uh, so I'm going to try and get through all of them. Lisbon has emailed us in. Uh, did you read this one before? I can't try to remember. I don't think you did. As predicted, the time is fast approaching when all the fans left in the stadium will focus on is uh, Ronald this puppet mayor's departure. Hooray for that day, for they both need to understand there is no turning back, and hopefully that message came across loud and clear after the game yesterday. If uh, they think it's a quick appearance, if Ronald thinks a quick appearance not facing his critics and more spin will fix things, he must believe we're all stupid. I'm beginning to think Ronald Mira somewhat disturbed individuals get a sick sense of enjoyment out of being abused. Normal business people would listen, engage their critics and apply less arrogance. At the same time, surely they would hate the thought of coming into work facing such abuse. But not this regime. It's going to take some effort to disengage them, but Charlton fans are special, and that will happen. On the field, you can't disagree. It's better, but not good enough to keep us up. One thing's for sure. In business, such incompetence and arrogance finally fails no matter what. So hang in there, Charlton fans. It's just have a little patience, and we will rebuild once they've, uh, they've left our club. I think you guys, for me, give a great account of the football. I'm pleased to say a balanced view on what goes on off, uh, off the pitch. But right now, what do you think the guys' real motives of the re- regime are and what will it take to dislodge them? And that's uh, Lisbon. Do you know, if we had answers like that, like that sort of stuff, uh, we'd, be, uh, we'd be owning it now, right now wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. There's someone earlier suggested we should become directors. On Lisbon, I'd li- to read that one out. No, really? <laughs> Lisbon, mate, if we had any clue, uh, trust me, we'd have told you by now. Um, where uh, where are we going from here, uh, Bob Litscombe, uh I don't know about you, but I find it difficult to understand the anti curbs comments on social media. This follows his appearance on Football Five last night. All he said was the fans should get behind the team. Surely that's what we all want: support the team, not the regime. Thought the demos had downbeat. It's uh, is there a realization that uh, Roland's there for the long term? On another note, I thought we looked better once JJ and Jordan went off, uh, and happy to see um, on uh, happy to see them take a few games on the bench. Um, which uh, has been mentioned before. Um, evening, gents. This is from uh, Des, uh, Des Boutou. Evening, gents. It's been a while since I last sent an email. Simply because my heart for the club has literally been plucked out by these uh, owners of ours, callous owners of ours. I'd like to point out that I think these posts are absolutely pointless. I mean, let's get real here. Dressing up as a Pinocchio is an absolute embarrassment. The protests, if they are to succeed, are going to need to step up and make things a little more urgent rather than looking like a joke. The screen memorandum for Graham Moore was a joke and a complete symbolisation of how much our club has fallen in the last two years. Anyway, that's my rant over. I really just can't see a staying up this season uh, Ken Sinyard well because I was born in Charlton and went to school in Charlton it's part of my DNA this is the love bit I've got a few of those uh, you, so you, you start that one off I'll okay. go see if this music I've, I've got actually works okay. I haven't um, heard it yet I echo that by the way Ken um, can I just say uh, you know the reason that, we, that, that I keep coming back the reason that I've not left or never left even going to sell a there we go uh, <laughs> thanks for that uh, is uh, I don't know if this is right or not. Is because it's part of my soul. You know, it's not. It's part of the fabric of who who I am, who I grew up to be. It's part of uh, what got me through some some really tough times uh, as as a kid. So, you know, it becomes part of your very being, being a child, be me and Charlton. Uh, and it's not just the valley, although valley is a crucial part of it. It's it's the whole thing. Um, and Ken goes on to say, well, because I was born in Charlton, went to school in Charlton. It's a part of DNA. Sometimes I wish it was not, and this is one of those times <laughs> when it's heartbreaking. Whether it's cultural or just plain sentiment, but I will always support the team. What do you think you can turn? Uh, what do you think we can do to turn this around? I tried by being part of the supporters' trust and having a meeting at Woolwich a year ago this week. I find it heartbreaking that so much of the club that I love is simply adrift from the supporters. That now, I know expressed so well by June Hoolin in the Trust News yesterday. I know, I know I'm biased, but lessons have, been, have lessons been learnt. Feeling rather adrift from the club at present, and that's uh, that's Ken. Mark Newbury, evening chaps, in a weird way, and no thanks to a ref who thought we all turned up to hear his whistle. I actually enjoyed the game yesterday with the last 20 minutes on a real roller coaster. Slightly confused about lining up with Reza, etc., but um, 
with a floating roll behind the Big Mac, surely the other way around would have been better. But my main grumble was Burditch. Uh, this is more of the team than I was expecting it to be, actually, because it yeah. had a Valentine's I'll Day take, thing. I'll, I'll take the Jatem <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah. they, I don't even know what that music is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, So, sorry, Mark, I, th- I thought uh, with the uh, Valentine's Day heading, I thought this was going to be uh, one of those. Um, he travelled. Uh, he was moaning about Burditch travelling uh, across the pitch sideways and not having Jacko in next week might be a blessing as O'Hara ran him ragged last time. Either Poyo Ball might not give him the space next week and he's still waiting for Fanny, as Mark. <laughs> What you do in your own personal life, my friend, isn't entirely down to you. Uh, Zach has emailed us in. I know Riga's almost certainly the best head coach we're going to get under this regime, but some of his team selection substitution have puzzled me. Uh, I don't see Roy Wezzer, who's faded since last season when we got into the team ahead of look. When we mentioned that, I think, uh, briefly. Um, so, uh, sorry, I'd, I'd like to read the rest. I want to try and get everybody's uh, emails in here, uh, Zach, if I can, um, about... Uh, um, uh, the, the whole Valentine I'd like to say a few things we got a few Valentine I've got one Valentine's thing as well yeah. actually uh, has Poirier regressed as Zach uh, really regressed as a player to the extent that he's seen as a worse option than Barr he looked better in possession than the other midfielders cousin aside when he came in as he certainly more composed uh, I imagine uh, and to give Jose the benefit of the doubt on that one I imagine he would have at least brought him on for Rez had he not uh, had to use an extra sub he's talking about Lookman there because of Jordan's injury and we've already, we covered that and that is definitely the reason um, talking about specifically um uh, the Valentine's oh, thing. We'll get Jatem back on. Uh, was that Jatem saying a lot of school kids? Well, sort of, I suppose. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> French. It's close enough. <laughs> um, I, quietly enough we'll I actually tune. proposed to my wife on the way back from Charlton on the train. Uh, we lost <laughs> to Portsmouth. Uh, and she made me miss. We lost two one, and I missed the goal because she dropped her handbag. You know, you I don't know you wouldn't remember, but the back of the cabin when they put the seats in, you know, when they put fences up, mm. they actually put a barrier. Um, of about three seats or two seats, and it was like a mesh thing. All right, but it had gaps in it all the way along, which always seemed a bit pointless to me, but they did. Uh, and uh, just uh, at one point, uh, Dawn dropped her handbag down the gap, <laughs> so I had to lean over and get it just as we scored, and that was that was our only goal of the game. We lost to her, and I still proposed her on the way back on, on the, the train. Home, yeah, yeah. Well. I couldn't get down on one knee because this was a, a British Rail train, and you can imagine what the great floor of the train was at, at uh, about eleven o'clock at night. Was that a spur of the moment thing? Or had you uh, been ish. It? No, I had been planning it, sort of planning it. It was, and it, it was, uh, it wasn't the most romantic of settings. I, I have to agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So we like to say, um, the, the reason we're doing the obviously it's Valentine's Day anyway, so the reason. Uh, we, we're doing this subject because we want to know um, if you've uh, if you met your partner through football like I did, uh, and also why you still love uh, Cholton. Um, uh, first things first, I'll go I'll go onto the forum. I am Dan says why I love Cholton. We'll get Jatem back up. Been going since the 1995 season. Seen all the highs, the playoff final and promotions, the lows of the relegations, but still hearing Red Red Robin send shivers down my spine, reminding me of all the memories and still very proud to be a Cholton fan. Quite simple. Uh, really, Carly Burns says it. I was thinking of proposing to my other half on the pitch yesterday. Decided not to though, as it may have deflected the "you don't know what you're doing" chance away from the director's <laughs> box. <laughs> Soapbox Sam has written us a, a, a brief poem. He says, um, "Roses are red, violets are blue. Roland's the owner who turned us into crew." <laughs> oh. <laughs> One Stevie D says, "I still love Charlton because of all the league and cup titles we have won, and the many more we'll win when we get through this minor blip." I don't think the Kent Senior Cup counts, uh, Stevie G. Uh, Chrissy's Army says, Roses are red, uh, violets are blue, Roland's our owner, he ain't got a clue. <laughs> um, uh, Laura tweeted us uh, earlier on this afternoon, says uh, that her first date with Glenn Cordwell was at the Valley against Everton in November 1998. He'd never seen Everton win until then. <laughs> and he's a Liverpool fan as well, so <laughs> I don't think he would have uh, enjoyed that too much. Um, I asked why we still love Cholton. Peter 
says, unlike your ladies, the club is for life and not just for Valentine's Day. Uh, so Darcy uh, Sarto says uh, he's more concerned why CFC doesn't seem to uh, heart him anymore, doesn't seem to love him anymore. Uh, London in Giza says, I love Charlton because I'm a fool. They consistently let me down, but I keep coming back for more. And that's... Uh, well, that's pretty much how we all feel, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, the playmaker says, I asked, why, why would you still love Charlton? He says, that's a difficult question. And Freddie Saunders says, Charlton is my home. There we are. There we go. Uh, John Rolf, uh, John, your email. Uh, he thinks um, Roland is an only child, and that's the only part of that email I can read out. <laughs> <laughs> Great show, he says. Well, I can read that bit out. Yeah. Uh, you know I can't uh, do the rest of that, John, but thanks anyway, mate. Yeah. And uh, I think I think that's it. We've I've tried to make sure we've we've caught everything what everyone said uh, tonight. It's been a it's been a, a massively uh, enjoyable show for us, and I hope you've enjoyed it too. In fact, the reason we've enjoyed it is because you've all sent in some wonderful yeah, super, uh, tweets you. and emails and, and and comments on the forum. So thanks for that. It's been a it's been a great show to to do. And thanks for listening. Um, Tell thanks for coming in. Cheers, mate. Thanks, thanks for giving thanks up your Valentine's evening. Well, I say giving it up. You you making sure you spend it with me instead. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, I did uh, did offer the wife. I'd bring her up on the train to recreate that. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she declined I can't think why <laughs> what a shame and uh, yeah so I'd like to thank you all uh, for listening to Charlton Life this evening we won't be back on Thursday I'm going away this week so no big match preview podcast but we'll be back next uh, next Sunday evening uh, to talk about the uh, game with Fulham uh, so yeah pretty much thanks for, for listening thanks for spending your Valentine's evening with us I love you all uh, Terry loves you all as well thanks for listening uh, we'll be back next week see you later <laughs> The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.